scripture this morning is found in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 35. In your pew Bible, it is page 55. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. And I was thinking of what to say today. It's the last weekend of the year. We'll be going into another year. I started to look at the events of this last year and tried to weigh them and see over here the good things, the bad things, the good things, and the bad things. It was too difficult. Too many things were happening. So I gave up on them. I don't have that kind of mind list things but you know we have two types of consciousness we're kind of a bimodal consciousness we have an active one where we look at the world through reason it's very rational analytical it's an action mode we're in control we can predict things and it helps us get through daily life and then there's another mode of consciousness which is probably not too popular today it's the receptive mode it's based on association surrender intuition surprise and it functions in a world world of symbol a world of story and ritual 
art falls into that category. And I thought maybe I could find a piece of art that would help us grasp some truth of this last year. I thought of putting up a picture of Rembrandt, his self-portraits, especially his last one when he was an elderly man. And you looked at his face and it told you a story like all art tells you. And what makes art great, that story reverberates in our soul and our being and conveys something to us in a way that is a different type of knowing. But it's truth. And we understand differently. But I didn't know how I'd get the picture of Rembrandt up here. So I started thinking of other ways. I thought of books. I read a book by uh, Stephen King on writing. And he described different types of writers. He described himself as not too talented, but very hardworking. And then he said there are writers who have talent and work hard and they're very successful. And then he said there are these few types of writers who go out into a field and get struck by lightning. And they're great. And so I picked one of the great ones, Charles Dickens, A Tale of Two Cities. And it captures this last year. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of disbelief. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. That pretty much captures what this last year was like. And almost every previous year, every year I was alive, and as the years add up, I see it over and over again. It's like Joni Mitchell's song, that circle, that carousel that goes around. We're in a circle of time. Are things getting better? We can certainly look at one side, like Dickens does. Then we can question that and look at the other side. How do we judge it? And when we look hard at this, in some ways we're like the Israelites. We're in bondage. We look to God, when's things going to change? When are you going to stop us from going over the edge? In desperation, sometimes the Israelites would look up to heaven and say, when are you going to rent the sky in two and come down and help us? If we're in the active mood, we get expectations of how he's going to help us of how he's going to bring the kingdom to earth, of how he's going to give us peace. If you're in the passive mode, the receptive mode, you wait patiently. 
You trust in him. You become a person of deep prayer. Deep prayer. You trust in God. And this God has certainly touched us and given us promises. And I think his greatest promise he gave us was his peace. He leaves each and every one of us peace. Not the peace the world gives, but the peace he gives. Different type of peace. In the gospel today, we see two people of prayer. How do we know they're people of prayer, Anna and Simeon? Because they're in the temple all the time. And they pray. And then here comes Mary and Joseph with a little infant. In some ways, they've developed a third eye. They see that child. And they pierce the surface and discover salvation. They discover the secret of how God is going to work. And they talk to Mary and Joseph, who are amazed because they don't know this. They don't know what Simeon knows or Anna. They're learning as they go along. And they hear those words, this child of yours is going to be the downfall of many. And you, you'll have your soul pierced with a sword. And they marveled. They had to ponder, what do those words mean? And then Simeon says that wonderful prayer that God promised him in this life he would see his saving power. And Simeon had the eyes to see it. And God has given us those eyes because of Christ. When we look at the gospel, when we encounter the Christ, I think of as a kid when we had magnifying glasses. And how do we go out in a summer day and get that little bead of light that would get hot and it would burn leaves. It would burn paper. It would burn whatever we put in front of it. In some ways, Christ is like that. This God who is present everywhere now comes focused as a sharp light, like the magnifying glass. All of the Father's power and love that we're unfamiliar with, that we have to be reunited with, comes to us through Christ. And in prayer, and surrender, and passiveness, and trust, we feel that burn. We feel that burn in our hearts. And the knowledge of that is divine. And the experience of the divine comes to us through Christ. 
specifically the Christ of the gospel, his word, the power of his word. In Christ, God becomes a man. And that's how we understand he's on our level. And we're no longer separate. We're united to him as men and women. But then he unites us to his divinity. And he gives us the secrets of the kingdom. He gives us an understanding of that cross which symbolizes nothing but love. The great love that God has for us because it's our cross. He did not bring it with him. He took our cross. And he did it for one reason, to unite us to him. And we sometimes think our problems are of this world that seems to go in a circle and goes nowhere. We have bigger problems. We're finite. This God has given us eternal life. And to understand that is to look at everyday life and say, it doesn't matter whether I'm happy or sad. This God has gifted me with eternal life. How do I enter that? What's the experience of that? That's what we all want. The experience of God's love is to understand what St. Paul said. How can you say you love a God that you don't see when you don't love the people you do see? How tied together those are. In our hearts of hearts, when we start to pray, the first thing that comes into our consciousness, are we good lovers? Or do we want to quit? And we can find so many reasons to quit and draw into ourselves and step out of that game and get back on the circle and try to find something in that circle of time that will fulfill us. And there's nothing unless we go back with the Christ, with salvation. And what's there now? We become for others God's love in the flesh. We become for others, especially those who have not experienced love, or who don't find love readily available to them because of circumstances in their lives that they're different. And it's that consciousness of ourselves struggling to love as Christ loved that we understand the cross, the mercy of the cross, that mystery of experience, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We are not going to be changed. We're going to be transformed. 
we're going to be in many ways equal to God. How heretical that sounds. Because what he wants from us the most is our love. He does not want to bribe us to love him, nor does he want to scare us. He wants us to be free to love. And his love is for us, and it's redemptive. So must our love be for people, redemptive. To reach out and touch them. And the great promise of Christ may not be the fullness of the kingdom in our lifetime, I'm going to be 68, and I think I'm going to miss that one. The greatness of the kingdom is his peace. I leave you peace, not the peace of the world, but the peace that I can only give to you. And in moments we experience that, deep in our hearts. But we have to be passive, be accepting, be patient. Take time to discover this Christ within us through the gospel. There's no other way. The word became flesh, and the word is our flesh, and we're being transformed. And one day we'll understand, but right now it's those moments of peace and the effort to love and not to stop but to stay in and love, especially those who are difficult to love. And we get a call. There's something in us that knows I should love this person. And some way, this person has been given to me to love. I know it. This is God's gift to me. And in many ways, when we get frustrated, we'll hear him say to us, now you know how I feel with you. And it's that loving, the difficulty of it, that we die to ourselves. And Christ is resurrected. Until one day, there is just Christ and a mysterious remnant of who we are. Happy New Year.